Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simalong. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Laura Welsh join us. Laura has extensive sales enablement experience across organizations like Poly and HP. Laura, with that, let's go ahead and dive right in. I want to talk to you first a little bit about sales training and gamification. How do you engage sales reps in sales training activities? What are some of the strategies you have for reinforcing what they learn in training sessions? Well, I think one of the most important things about enabling sales reps is to provide training in a way that supports their sales activities. And what I mean is it doesn't occur as an interruption, a problem, they don't roll their eyes when they get invited to an enablement activity. And I've found the best way to do that, to have it really support them in making more money for the company. That's what it's all about. So the best way I found is to make sure that they know what's happening and what's coming quite a bit of time in advance. So we set a cadence of activities and we do the same thing every quarter. So they know and can expect that in the first week of the quarter, we do a quick start webinar, which goes over everything that's gonna happen that quarter. Products are gonna be launched, promotions, campaigns, new sales tools, et cetera. Then in the first month of the quarter, we do a one day training over video with each sales team. And there's like 15 of them worldwide. It's a four to five hour event. Um, and we try to get all of their enablement that we can, that we need to do in person with them done during that time. They love it. They get face-to-face interaction with subject matter experts. Um, they get to ask questions. We play games with them during that event. And it is their critical time for learning and for understanding what they need to know uh, to be successful that quarter. During that, some of the strategies that we have to reinforce what they've learned. Um, I'm really big on checking in on learning. So at the very beginning of their one day training, so this is that four and a half hour session that we do with each team, I pop up a survey and the survey says, how comfortable are you with the following topics? And we list everything that we're going to be covering in one day training. It could be a new product announcement. It could be a sales skill that we're gonna reinforce. It could be a, an update of some of our alliance partners. So a variety of topics. So I say, how comfortable are you with new XYZ product? How comfortable are you with our latest competitive updates, et cetera? And then at the end of the day, I ask them the same questions and I tell them, Listen, these questions are not designed to trick you. If you said, I'm not at all comfortable with every single thing at the beginning of the day and then answered at the end of the day, yes, now I'm comfortable, that's perfect. That means you've had 100% increase in learning in every section. I said, so answer honestly, because I'm not at all comfortable is a great response at the beginning of a training where we're about to teach you about everything. So I found that this is really beneficial in a couple of ways. One, it reinforces to them that the things we're gonna be covering during that one day training are important and we want them to learn and here's the subjects. And at the end, 
it has them really look to say, am I comfortable with that? Do I need more information? And there's a place they can like write in a request for more information. It also lets us go back to the speakers and say, hey, Brian, there was a 70% increase in learning in your session that you did overall across the 15 sessions. It was the average of a 70% learning. So congratulations. I think that's really successful. And he can use that to tailor his, you know, training next time when he's training on another new product. So that's the one day training. And then throughout the quarter, we have non-mandatory things they can attend where they meet subject matter experts. We call them AMAs. You can meet a subject matter expert and ask them questions and we hold those and those are super popular. And then we do podcasts um, and we do just-in-time videos, little two to three minute short videos. I find that if I put most of the training in that first month, you know, most of the things we really want them to do and then give them optional things they can attend and listen to and, and participate in throughout the quarter as they need to, they really like that. I, I would say our sellers think of sales enablement as something that really adds value. It's not something they have to do and they're burdened with. I love that. Uh, I'm curious, how, how do you deliver some of the training throughout the quarter that's a little bit more real time for your reps to digest? Um, and, and when have you found them most likely to actually engage in that material? We do a few different things. So if it's a competitive um, update, let's say a competitor of ours launches a new product and it was super secret and no one saw it coming and boom, and it's really going to be a competitive threat. We put out what we call a 1011. And it, if you see the words 1011 in your inbox as a salesperson, you know that's a competitive alert. It's one short page. What was the announcement? Why, do you, why should you care about it? What are the things they're going to be saying about us? How should we respond to it, et cetera? So it's just a one-page, short, quick hit. And then it has links to, you know, if you want to go more in depth on the new product or whatever. So that's how we do competitive stuff. How we do the AMAs is all over video. It's a live video call. The subject matter expert joins any salesperson or systems engineer that wants to come in and ask that person questions joins. Um, we have about 900 sales reps and that includes the systems engineers. And we probably have, I don't know, 60 people on each AMA and we do them in, in the different regions. So we cover all the different time zones. So they're, I think they're very well attended, especially as a mandatory thing, but it's all over video live someone raises their hand to ask a question people can talk over each other it's very casual and the podcast and the just-in-time videos are delivered through our intranet but also through um, an app that we have um, that is really specifically designed to deliver podcasts and videos so if you're a salesperson you're getting on a train you want to listen to the latest podcast on you know we do things we do really fun topics on podcasts like What's your morning routine? Um, how do you manage your time as a really busy systems engineer? So we do sales skills as well as just life lessons. And then we also do um, you know, more product or solution focused things. So they're always really well received. And so we put that on, on the app that they use and also on our intranet. And the one day trainings are all delivered over video. We don't really get people together in person. We're very dispersed. 
a, a huge work from home environment, especially on the sales team side. Um, so getting over video together as a team is beneficial, allows them to interact with each other and see each other. Um, and we, uh, we find that that is uh, really effective. And then of course, you know, once a year, we have our worldwide sales meeting where they all get to interact in person. Very cool. And obviously a, a component of, of providing a lot of this training remotely is to make sure that it, it's engaging. Um, I know we also, we're gonna talk about gamification a little bit. And oh, yeah. how do those, those programs really help to drive better engagement with your reps? Well, let's take a couple of examples. We do a lot of gamification in new hire sales training. A big reason that we use it there is I find that when you play games with them, they remember it better and they have fun and they don't get so exhausted. New hire sales training is like a fire hose of information and data that's just coming at them and they're hypersensitive anyway. They want to make a good impression. It's a new company. So it's just exhausting if you just throw information at them. So we play family feud. We break them up into teams, they stand up, they cheer each other on, they have to guess answers to questions about the company, and they have a lot of fun. Family Feud is always rated as one of the fun things. Last time, we gave them Nerf guns, and there was a tower of plastic cups built up, and every time they answered a question right, they got to shoot they got to shoot at the cups and try to knock them over. If they knocked them over, they got a point. And the people with the most points at the end of the day won. So that was really fun. Um, we play Jeopardy with them. We do, we split them into teams and they earn points throughout the whole new hire sales training. They get to know each other as a group. Uh, and at the end of the three to five day event, whoever has the most points, um, get beer, like hats or something like that. We have them have fun together. Um, one thing I did, not in new hire sales training, but in one of those one day trainings, we had a new product out. I told everybody I wanted them to write a haiku. I explained to them briefly what a haiku was. And I told everybody to email me their haiku. And over the lunch hour, I would gather them together. And then we would, you know, vote as a team on some of the great haikus and they did a great job and they had to do a haiku on the benefits or the features of this new product. And let me tell you, doing something like that has it burn in your brain what a benefit or feature is because you've just written a poem about it, which is fun. Doing things like that cements the information into their brain a lot better than just going through PowerPoint slides and telling them what the benefits are or, you know, having a speaker up there talking, even if the speaker is really engaging, having them actually do something and stand up is, is good. You know, one time we had them be a product. So we gave them all placards with a little string and they wore it around their neck. And every time we talked about something where that product would be a good fit, they had to stand up. Yes, I'm that product. I'm this product. And this is a great place to be in this particular, you know, customer scenario. Um, that was really helpful for them to really understand how to place and put our solutions around a customer environment. You mentioned cementing the knowledge, right, with your reps. Um, I'm curious what you've done to be able to measure how well your reps are actually retaining some of this knowledge when you are using more interactive and engaging ways of training them via gamification. 
measuring and and understanding how sales enablement impacts the overall success of the company is really important to me and my team. We have one measurement that we keep our eye on that's kind of our North Star. That measurement is if you're a sales rep and I've given you these five activities to complete this quarter, attending the quick start, attending your one day training, watching this product video, taking this online class, right? Maybe four things, right? So I've given you those things to do. At the end of the quarter, if you have checked off that you've done that, you are marked as having completed 100% of your sales training. We call it your learning plan. You've completed your learning plan for the quarter and everybody has a learning plan and everybody has to check off all of their activities in their learning plan. Then we look at who made quota. Here's what we do. People that completed 100% or more of their quota, so they're at 100% or better, how many of them also completed 100% of their training? And it gives us a number. It gives us a metric that we use. And we say, if more people that made 100% of their quota, if more of them completed their training than not, then that is a positive correlation. And we say that sales enablement has made a difference. We're now going a little bit deeper where we're taking off the top 10% of the sellers and the bottom 10% of the sellers and looking at this, that middle 80% and seeing how that is improving quarter after quarter. Um, because I, you know, anecdotally, I think your top, top sellers, you're not going to hurt them or help them really with your sales enablement activities. They're going to, they're going to win. The bottom people are having issues that probably can't be helped with general sales enablement activities. And it's that middle, it's that middle group that you really want to have uh, an impact on. So that's our one measurement. Now, we also measure attendance at our AMAs, how many people watch our podcast, those surveys that I mentioned in the one day training. Um, we measure increase in learning. Sometimes we'll throw out a survey um, about their knowledge on a particular subject. And we measure that. We measure, gosh, we measure downloads of playbooks. We measure, so we measure a lot, but I don't think the sales leadership cares about that as much. That's more of a, a fine tuning effort on our end. If they're not downloading a particular playbook, maybe we need to go update it. But what the sales leadership cares about is, is sales enablement having a positive impact on my sales force? That's really what they care about. They don't care how many times the playbook is downloaded. So that's the key measurement that we really have in front of us. If that measurement starts going down, then we have to just stop everything, rethink what we're doing. Maybe we're making things too busy. Maybe there's too much going on. Maybe we're not enabling them on the skills or the competencies or the products or the processes that you know, that, that they need to win. So let's rethink everything. Um, so that's really important to us. And that's how we measure our success. And you mentioned something really important there, which is your focus as enablement should really be on improving the middle pack of the reps. Yeah. I'd love to understand kind of what are some of the initiatives that you've done to actually better improve the performance of those kind of mid mid performance reps, if you will. I find that the mid-performing reps are usually struggling in a specific area. So either 
they're not comfortable with the products and so they're not really sure uh, and they have that confidence in front of their customers or their partners or they're struggling with the processes inside of poly you know salesforce.com is you know they haven't figured out how to really work that well and it's burdening them and weighing them down or there's another maybe our expense report process is really driving them crazy and burdening them how do we figure that out so or there is a skills gap so they're great and then they're horrible closers or they're great at selling one product but they're really not great at cross-selling so what we do is before we do those one days i poll the sales leaders and i say tell me some of the things that you think your reps are struggling with especially you know your reps that are in the middle of the pack i don't define it like 80 percent by them but they know what i mean um and each of the sales leaders might have a different answer, right? What's What the India sales reps are struggling with may not be what the West Coast and the US sales reps are struggling with. So we try to reinforce the learning and try to adjust the learning for that one day training so that it really fits the needs of the majority of the sales force of that team. And how much are you leveraging those sales leaders to also reinforce a lot of your training? A lot. I, I hold a sales enablement council in every region and I count on and, and I invite the sales leaders to the council as well as leaders from other functional areas so they understand what's happening in sales enablement. And I rely on them for feedback. I give them all of our metrics. I ask them their opinions. It is critical that if we are training them to you know, interact with customers in a particular way around closing. It's critical that when they're coaching their reps, they're reiterating what we're training them on. And if they have a problem with the training, they don't think it's effective or they don't, you know, they're finding in the field that really this is better then they come and tell us um, because they want to be in alignment with us. They want to make sure that um, their reps are getting the most out of their sales enablement activities. The last thing you want is your rep to attend a training and then they go out in the field and it doesn't work and you have to teach them something else. That's just wasted time and effort. That's crazy. Um, what One of the things we did to kind of drive this home to our sales managers is we looked at what is our revenue as a company, divide that by the number of salespeople, divide that by the number of hours that they sell and look to see how much your salespeople are worth per hour. It's in the hundreds or thousands of dollars. Is what you're doing with them to take by taking them out of the field, is that worth X hundreds of dollars per person that you're spending? Because that's what you're spending. It's kind of a simplistic way to look at it, but it really had people step back and go, oh, I need to interact with this team. Like I am spending X number of dollars of Polly's money by spending an hour with them, training them on something. I better be prepared. I better make sure that it's clear what the sellers are supposed to do with it and what their, um, you know, their call to action, why I want them to take this action. Um, it has really kind of um, sharpened the skills of the people I've asked to train our sellers, whether it's a product manager or a product marketing manager or a, you know, a salesforce.com 
expert, they, I really make sure that they know this is a super valuable resource, our sellers, and you better deliver a super valuable training. That's excellent. Beyond just your sales leadership, how have you gone about getting kind of executive buy-in, not only to just your sales training efforts, but enablement as a whole? As the leader of the sales enablement group, it's important that I understand what all of our executives care about, what they need and want from the sales enablement organization. So for example, finance, the head of our finance team, what do they really need and want? Well, one thing is they need to make sure all of the reps are in compliance for finance rules. So I include finance mandatory training. It's not very often, maybe once a year, or once every six months in the sales enablement efforts. So instead of having that be something separate, finance has to deal with on their own and try to beg the sellers to figure out and complete. I include that as part of, as part of the e-learning program. The HR team, we work hand in glove with them to bring on and to retain our employees. It's important that as we're hiring our new sellers, that we're hiring the skills that we think are gonna make them most successful. We're hiring the kind of people that we think are gonna really fit in and work well at Poly. And the best way to do that is to get them really involved in the onboarding program that we've put together and, and you know they love it. Marketing, wow, I, I talk to marketing uh, reps all the time and it's important that I understand what our CMO is doing from a campaigns and promotions and you know what she's looking at from her, her roadmap so that I can plan to make sure that our sellers are up to speed with everything that's happening. So I make sure I understand their strategies, their what they care about, what their pain points are, what their goals are. And if I can impact that in my sales enablement activities, that means we're all on the same team and I would say that's really important. So if you have an organization where the sales team is just being bombarded by messages from all these different groups randomly at no particular interval, it's disruptive to them. It disrupts the sales cycle. It takes them out of the field. It takes them out of the game. And if you can align that all in a single program where you have a newsletter and that's where this kind of information is, we have AMAs, and that's where we do this kind of information. We have our one-day trainings, and the marketing team can come in and talk for 30 minutes about what's happening on the marketing front. Um, you know, like I just said, we include finance training and our learning plan. When you have a plan where it's all inclusive for a seller, they can just be like, ah, oh, okay. When I look at my learning plan and I plan out four to five hours of my time over the quarter to complete that. I know for sure it's going to be four to five hours of my time. It's not going to be four to five hours plus all the other stuff that these other functions want me to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, a, it's amazing how much you focused on kind of cutting out the clutter for your reps. Yeah. I, my job is 100% making sure I help drive more revenue for the company. And if my reps are being distracted and pulled out and confused and having to do three hours of work to put together a presentation for a customer, if they're spending time in ways that we don't want them to spend time, that's on me because that's my job is enabling them. So I, before I do anything with them, I think, is this really going to add value or is it going to distract? Do we really need to do this right now? So 
I think it's important. Like we just had this big communication that one of the teams wanted to give out to our reps and we're in the last 10 days of the quarter and we're driving business. And I said to them, I said, I don't think this is going to help us close the quarter. I think we need to wait until the first week of July or second week of July to pull this together and ask them to watch this video, you know, that they wanted them to watch. If I didn't have the relationship with the other functional teams, that would have gone out and I would never have known until somebody complained to me about it. And then I just have to try to fix it, which is not what you want to do when you get in front of it, obviously. So having those relationships with the other executives and the cross-functional leads is really important so that, you know, we're all playing the same game. We're all playing the game of having our company be successful. And we're double checking with everybody to make sure that what we're doing is driving the behavior that we want. Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.